Welcome back to Movies with Heart. We're here talking about movies again. <laughs> what is that face you're making, Brett? <laughs> that, that was just such an enthusiastic hello. Like, I've never expected that kind of hello. <laughs> hello! I'm sorry. I'm excited. <laughs> okay, I know. I know you're excited. Hi, everybody. I, mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm excited to be back in the saddle, and I'm trying to think of how to make the introduction a little bit more exciting. No, it's, it's fine. We'll just keep it. That's just, not the way to do it. Just so, keep it. Just keep it. No, just keep no, it. It's I fine. I will. No, I it's fine. I will not do it for future episodes. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, everybody. That was your only yeah. enthusiastic hello from Carrie from That's now all on. you get. That's all you get. Um, so, <laughs> for those of you who are new, my name is Carrie. Uh, this is my friend Brett, who's here with us as well. Hello. We kind of got back in the saddle last week after our brief hiatus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was quite the break, but we're good. We're we're back at it. I think it was needed, but I'm I'm glad to be back doing it again. Yeah, it it, it is good to be back doing it again. I've I've been trying to get it into a lot of my other content creation stuff, so it's good just to get back into everything. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, so last week, if you listened, we talked about Encanto, the new Disney film, which we mostly kind of liked, but it had some major problems. <laughs> so you should go listen to that if you haven't yet. It was really funny because I was actually talking to my dad. Um, so background for the listeners. Um, we are doing Last Night in Soho today, and I was rewatching it again. And I ended up uh, texting my dad, and I was like, hey, I think you'd like this movie. And... He goes, oh, yeah, tell me why. So I was like, well, I'll just call you. So we ended up having a conversation. We talked about Encanto, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> Brett and I just recorded the podcast for that one. <laughs> and he was like, oh, what do you think? And I was like, Brett and I kind of raked it over the coals a little bit. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because he really liked it too. But he, everything I said, he was like, honestly, I completely agree. And he's like, you're saying all this and I agree with you. And I was like, that's pretty much where I was. Like there were parts I really liked, but like, I was like, once Brett got going, I just couldn't stop. <laughs> you know, that, that is my job is to come in and just ruin films. Just like, <laughs> you're like, I love this film. It's so great. And then I'm like, oh, oh, oh wait till you hear <laughs> what you I have to say. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that you'll start and... I'll like try to start optimistic where I'm like, okay, there was honestly a lot I really liked about it. And then you get going and all of a sudden like my rant brain triggers and I'm like, yeah, I got a rant about this. I didn't like this. I didn't like this. I didn't like this. It's the little Brett. It's the little Brett that you talked about in previous yeah, episodes. Yeah, the little Brett in my head. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he just he just hangs out back there and yeah. Yep. Oh, man. So anyway, yeah, go watch Encanto. I think it's worth the watch, but also... Listen to the, the podcast pod more. Yeah, the podcast will tell you everything wrong about it. It was, I mean, it was pretty good. We we definitely, to be right. fair, we have had movies on the podcast that have been a lot worse. Yeah. Than than that, so it did fairly well. It did. Yeah. Like with both of our scores, it was like okay, that wasn't bad. Yeah. It did alright. Yeah. I think what the average of our score was like a 73. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so today we're going to talk about Last Night in Soho. And I did a little bit of research on the director because I know he's done a lot. Do you know any much about the director, Brett, Edgar Wright? <laughs> no. So as I've discussed in previous podcasts, I go into movies like fresh, fresh, fresh. And maybe <laughs> like some stuff I'll get I'll hear about and I'll see a trailer for or whatever and be like, ooh, that looks good. But this one I hadn't seen any trailers for. I had I knew nothing about. I went into this movie no idea. Here's also the thing. I'm pretty much the one who decides the movies for the most part. Like Brett will give suggestions here and there. Like Candyman was largely his idea, both of them. Um, well, the first one, definitely the second one, we just kind of did cause we felt like we had to, which I wish we wouldn't have done, but yeah, anyway. but just, anyway, <laughs> moving on from that before we go into that again. Um, so I largely pick these films. So a lot of them are ones that I've either seen or I've wanted to see and have done some, some research on. 
And Brett just like, <laughs> I just hand these to Brett and I'm like, here, we should watch this one. He's just like, okay, sure. It's like a homework assignment. You know, I just yeah. like, here you go. I'm just like, okay, great. Yeah. So I started watching this last night. So I watched this last night um, mm -hmm. for the first time. I had no idea what I was getting into. Mm -hmm. And partway through it, I mean, with spoil okay, spoilers, everybody. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, there's oh, everything's going to be coming out. Yeah. For the new listeners, I mean, the old listeners kind of know this is how it is, but because we do deep dives and reviews, there's going to be spoilers in every single episode. So when the murder shit started happening, I was like, is, yeah. this, a, is this a horror movie? <laughs> and I, yeah. had to, like, I had to like look it up. I'm like, oh yeah, look at that. It is a horror movie. I had no idea. I thought it was just some fantasy drama or something like that. No, no idea. Nope. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> What was the movie that I, another one I recommended that you were like, what the hell did I get into? And you ended up really like Coraline? Coraline. <laughs> yeah. During that, I was like, what in the hell does <laughs> Kiri have me watching? And I mean, it's good. It was a good movie and all that stuff. But there are some parts during Coraline oh, that I was like, either I'm high or this is really <laughs> messed up. And <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the honest the trust that Brett it. has in me, guys. <laughs> oh, trust me. I've seen some really messed up movies. So I, anything that you throw at me isn't going to oh, be yeah. nearly as bad. Um, but yeah, so last night in Soho, so I knew it cause I'd seen, so this director, I, I, I like actors, but because I'm a film, like, because I'm a cinephile, I, really enjoy like i follow directors more and if i like a movie that a director did odds are all like their other films whereas like that's not always true for actors okay so he uh, also did he did edgar, like the three with edgar simon white. peg and nick frost what was that edgar wright right yeah so yeah. he did hot fuzz at world's end and um or not at world's end. I think yeah he did he end. did world's end he did world's end he did shaw the dead he did Shaw the dead hot baby, fuzz he did baby scott Driver. pilgrim yeah he did scott pilgrim versus the world and then his most wow. recent before last night in soho was baby driver so the only i knew shaun of the dead and world's end and, but the only ones i'd seen i'd seen scott pilgrim but it was like a decade ago scott and pilgrim I had, is we phenomenal oh yeah uh, that Scott, is here's the thing with edgar wright that i've noticed and i was talking with a coworker about this he'll come out with a film and people are like very mixed and a lot of people are just like i don't know how i feel about this this is weird and you know and they'll say a bunch of things and then it becomes like a cult classic yeah and that's how scott pilgrim is like scott pilgrim has very mixed reviews but it is beloved like people I mean, love that's, Scott and that's that's so weird to me because everyone i have talked to and most of these people are nerds like us mm -hmm. right they absolutely adore scott Pilgrim. i should say it got mixed reviews when it came out like when it came out a lot of the critics and everything gave it, it like it was a very mixed bag right some people thought it was brilliant some people thought it was dumb and yeah now it's become this film that's become such like a beloved cult classic um so i had seen scott pilgrim but it was a while ago i'd seen hot fuzz recently and then i saw baby driver and i really loved baby driver we'll have to have you seen that one did i yeah i yeah i've seen baby driver did i suggest hot fuzz to you was that me i think you did yeah Such it had been on my list for a while but i think you suggested it and i was like all right i gotta watch it's all again. part it's all part of the universe Shaun of the dead hot fuzz and at world's end or the yeah. world's end. Yeah. Are all, mm -hmm. They're all in the same universe. Yeah, because we were talking about them in the Discord, because one of our friends brought up the whole series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll have to talk about Hot Fuzz, but it's... Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty good. So this director, like, has already done some great ones, and Baby Driver was actually my introduction to him. That was the first one I saw, which is interesting, because it's, like, the more... Oh, no, Scott Pilgrim, but that was, you know, that was, like, 10 years ago. Baby Driver I had, was the last one I had really seen before this. Mm. I do think like either Scott Pilgrim or Baby Driver were his peak. I don't think this one was quite as good. Um, I, 
I know we're not reviewing other films, but I'm not a big fan of Baby Driver. There were some things in it that were pretty good, but some things that really bothered me in Baby Driver. We're going to have to do Baby Driver at some point. Yeah. I love Baby Driver. Yeah. I don't think that was his peak, honestly. I okay. was a pretty huge big. I was a pretty big fan of Hot Fuzz and that universe and also mm -hmm. uh, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, so it's been really interesting, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, but when Last Night in Soho came out, because that was one of the ones I had been really looking forward to um, that came out this past year, one of the new releases, and a lot of, like, the film um, accounts I follow on Instagram and stuff were like, this is Edgar Wright's worst film, I was a little bit disappointed, and part of me kind of, like, thought about that and looked at his other films, and I was like, okay, like, you might be right, it might be his worst film, but, like, all of his films are amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, anyway, we'll get into I honestly really enjoyed Last Night in Soho, um, but it is kind of a... It's an interesting film in the sense that I knew it was, I knew it was a thriller, like a mystery thriller, because that's how the trailer kind of introduces it it doesn't become a horror until like two-thirds of the way in yeah i'm like more than half yeah yeah more than half the film is mm -hmm. just kind of like exposition and ellie's story it does not get into the murder mystery horror aspect right until like the last third of the film right. which i thought was I didn't necessarily dislike, but I thought the marketing was a little interesting for that. And for like someone like you who went into a blind, I could see how that would be a little bit jarring. Um. Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, okay. The thing is, is, is I I wouldn't say it would be jarring. It's just it's more of just how the film is set up and stuff like that. I mean, I've mm -hmm. I've had my fill of going into films blindly because that's how i choose to go into films because right. of film class and stuff like that um that way i'm not tainted in any sort of manner um you're so, not biased you're going I'm in not biased, right because a lot of times you'll see like a bunch of trailers to a movie and they'll look like mm -hmm. super good and like oh my gosh i want to see that i'm so excited and then you go and see it and you're like that was terrible you yeah know? or whatever that this way i'm just wasn't you know yeah, whatever. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, I wouldn't say jarring, but I definitely it it was some confusing moments in the actual film. Or just like, does this film have a little bit of an identity crisis, or is this just how mm -hmm. he's choosing to set up the story? So, and I think that's how he chose to set up the story, but I don't think it landed as well as he wanted it to. I agree. Brett, Brett's <laughs> Brett's shaking his head. <laughs> I fully agree. It did not land the way I think he intended it to. Because there was a lot about the film I really liked. So, like, the the setup... I'll give my biggest critique at the end, because my biggest critique is the way it ended. But, um... Do you want to... So, do you actually want to just start critiquing it, or did you want to go through the film and then start critiquing it? Yeah, let's just... We seem to do best when we just go through the film and start critiquing it as we go through. Okay. Um, so quick synopsis, um, this girl, Ellie Taylor, um, she is like lives out in, in the sticks, um, in the UK and she ends up getting, ex she has these aspirations to be a fashion designer. She ends up getting accepted to this big school in London. She goes to London and it's like, not like the fashion actual school part seems to be pretty great but like her bunkmate is the worst <laughs> everything is just much more mature than what she's used to there's a lot that she is just very unprepared for and i think with this part here they were trying a little too hard to show the difference between country life and city life and yeah. how extreme that could be for someone that was used to living in the country coming into someone who's living in the city yeah but i think they overdid that i little, agree a little too much you just like have this girl who's like so innocent and has experienced nothing come into this other girl who who, who is her bunkmate who is like into hardcore drugs sex alcohol 
you yeah. name it, but she's trying to be a fashion designer, but she is all about partying and all this stuff. And you're just like, mm -hmm. that's a really harsh extreme to. Yeah. Because I live, I live in a big city, you know what I mean? And I enjoy I living too. in a big city. So yeah. do you. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's not really what it's like all the time. Like there are definitely crowds like that, but I agree that they showed a, a very big extreme and i get what he was going for it he was trying to it, you were meant to feel because ellie was so uncomfortable the viewer was meant to feel uncomfortable too right and, and that and, and that I, worked and i wouldn't say that i felt uncomfortable i was just i was it was more of just like man these fashion designer students really like to party yeah <laughs> it's like i didn't know that was such a party scene but i guess it is i guess it is um so she decides to move out and she finds this little flat um, who is rented out by this little old lady. And the little old lady is basically like, I want it quiet. I don't want boys over. Like kind of, you know, no yeah. parties, nothing of this. And Ellie's like, that's my dream. Perfect. Sign yeah. me up. She gets a job um, as a bartender to, to pay for this new flat. Um... And then she starts having visions. Basically, she she plays um, a lot of music from like the 60s. Mm -hmm. And she starts playing them on a record player. She goes to sleep and she seems to have which she is, seems to wake up in a in like the 60s. Which is influenced by her uh grand, her mother. Her mother. Her, her mother grandmother. and her grandmother, yes. Her grandmother. So you find out she yeah. pretty much was raised by her grandmother because her mother committed suicide when she was seven. Yeah, because at one point she's she's seven. asked why she's into that kind of music and she tells him she's like, Oh, it's what my grandmother always listens to. And so I've just kind of always listened to mm -hmm. it. So Yeah, so she she ends up going to sleep and she a couple nights in a row has these like visions and dreams of life in the sixties. And specifically she's following one girl, Sandy, who's like an aspiring um, vocalist, Sing. inspiring singer. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what it is. And then things start to take a little bit of a darker turn. Sandy starts the guy that Sandy um, is kind of enamored by and who meets starts to kind of take advantage of her and basically sell her out to other men basically he's right right but i'm gonna stop you before you go too much further because yeah. this was an interesting point that i picked up on when she started having it was the first night and the second night where she dreamed about uh sandy um mm -hmm. this aspiring singer and she's just like beautiful she's confident she's just like she has the guys she's wrapped everything that ellie wants she's everything be. that ellie wants to be and and because Ellie, she she's not very confident in herself, and she's very like mm -hmm. um, held in and just not willing to just be outspoken. And so it was interesting kind of to, to see that she was so enchanted by Sandy, and that the following day, going into night, she was like excited to go to bed because she wanted to yeah. go and to live this person's life because this person's so confident, so awesome and, and all mm -hmm. this stuff. And she's just enchanted by it. And then it starts turning dark and you can kind of see yeah. that expression on Eloise's face just kind of start to drop just like, oh, wait a minute, this is not what I expected sort of thing. So I thought mm -hmm. that whole take was kind of interesting. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Um, and so she, let's just kind of, that's like the first half. So let's go ahead and just kind of critique this a little bit before we give any, any more of the synopsis. Um, I, I just really liked, yeah, I really liked the way that they did the whole 60s flashback. I thought that Anya Taylor-Joy was a great cast choice. For Sandy. So, what do you have to critique about this? I'm, I'm. Oh no! I'm interested. Oh, Brett's gonna just tear this apart. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you always think so low of me. I mean, I'm, I I'm just, like the opposite. I'm the one that, that kind of keeps the, the balance. You know, there has to be a, a happy medium. I know. Um. 
I think I just really liked, have you seen the film Midnight in Paris? No, I have not. So it's like a similar thing where it's Owen Wilson, he's in Paris and he's like enchanted by Paris in the 1920s and he kind of goes back and lives as though he were in that time. And so this is like the same thing where I was like, she's going to go back and she's going to, first of all, the minute I met Jack, I was like, he's scum. I can tell. <laughs> That's this character. The second I met him, I was like, you watch. He's going to be a scumbag. I can, j- I know it. I'm on to him. <laughs> and I think what's really interesting, because I talked to my coworker a lot about this, because I watched it and then the next day I came to work and I was like, dude, we got to talk. And he was like, did you finish it? And I was like, yeah, I did. And he was like, yeah, we got to talk. <laughs> what's really cool about this film And I need to preface this by saying (laughs) that I'm going to kind of take a more of a feminist take on this. I do not hate men. I am good friends with men. Which I am. (laughs) I said, which I am. (laughs) Right. You are a man. We're good friends. (laughs) And so I'm not, I hesitate sometimes to delve into this territory because I'm like, I don't think... Like, I'm not, I'm not against men. I'm not against, like, the straight white man. I don't think, I, I just, I don't think it's fair to lump people into a category. I think that there are some men who are terrible people, and I think that there are some women who are terrible people. That's just the way it is. You know, before you go any further, I think it's funny, because okay. some of these films that you have me watch, I can be like, I know why Pookie likes this film. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, that's Brett's nickname for me, is Pookie. Oh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I know, I know why why. Kiri likes That's this fine. film. It, it's it's funny because just some of the films that you've had me watch, I'll be watching it and I'll be like, okay, yeah, this seems like something that she would like. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me laugh. <laughs> it's not. I, I mean, it's no offense. It's not a it's bad just, thing. It's no. just like it's like, okay, yeah, I I see why she likes this film. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm like, I've gotten to a point with my family where I used to just recommend to my family every film that I liked. Mm-hmm. And now it's gotten to a point where I, yeah, I, I can kind of gauge what they will and will not like. And so there are films that I can watch that I can be like, I loved this and I know why I loved this. No one else in my family would love this. <laughs> um, so with this film in particular, I do have a, a knack and a, I because I'm a, I'm a woman and because I did a lot um, in like amateur film industry and in criticism and stuff, I take a lot of note of how minorities are portrayed in film and like the message that different films are saying. And so I am going to take a feminist take on this film because I think that's part of what Edgar Wright was trying to portray. Okay. But I just wanted to preface that by saying like, this isn't like a hate on man, a hate on men rampage. I'm just taking points that I think Edgar Wright was trying to portray and things that I personally, and even if he wasn't, things that I personally took from it that I thought were interesting. Well, and to be fair and to be honest, like a lot of the big cities, including London, especially in the 60s, had quite the nightlife to them to where mm-hmm. there was a lot of prostitutions and drugs and mm-hmm. all that stuff going on. And a lot of that stuff was kind of a lot of the law, <laughs> kind of like the other way. You yeah. Know? And, and yeah, I think because in your right at the beginning, the grandma – before Ellie's going to go, the grandma kind of tells her, you know, like, I don't want what happened to your mother to happen to you. And just know, like, there are, there are bad people out there. Like, there are bad apples. You need to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. And so that's already in the back of your mind when you start the film. And then the very first guy that you meet is the creepy cab driver. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, like, doesn't do anything, like outwardly antagonistic but is just like being creepy i mean he's a little bit creepy and he does kind of do some weird stuff like when she says she has to go to the shop because he's saying some creepy stuff and she's like drop me off at the shops i need to go to the shops and so she goes in there and he's like waiting for her out there for a while and then finally he he takes off drives off Mm mm-hmm 
And that's the thing. Well, and he like he mentioned her. He's like, oh yeah, you got the legs to be a model. And she's like, no, I'm I'm not a model. I'm a fashion designer. And and yeah, he just says things that you're like, dude, stop being creepy. Please yeah. stop. And again, he doesn't do anything outwardly aggressive. He's not like he didn't sexually assault her or anything. But he's like an older cab driver who's being creepy. Yep. And so that that right there sets the stage. You're already on, especially as someone who is a very small female who is single and lives by myself and two dogs, like that automatically sets me on edge for the rest of the film because I'm like, I know where this is going. And so I think that's why when I, am, <laughs> when I met Matt Smith's character, Jack, I was like, nope, don't trust him. He's the worst. He's too smooth. I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think that that's the point is like when you set things up like that, you're already wary of like this smooth talking, like smarmy guy, mm. I guess. Who works in the clubs and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. I think that they did a good, I think that he did a good job of just kind of setting that stage. So, you know, you kind of know where this film is going right off the bat and I think it's interesting that you can see the parallels between the 60s, where even though it was more, like, outwardly obvious, like, it was much more blatant in the 60s, but you can still see a lot of parallels between things that were happening in the 60s and Ellie's life in the current, like, in the modern day. Right. Right. Which I thought that was cool. Like, I, I enjoyed the back and forth because you could see the parallels happening. Right. <laughs> Do you have anything you wanted to add? <laughs> I mean, no, that was, that was really it. It's just how they did that. And again, tons and tons of mirrors that were trying to portray mm -hmm. the reflections of Ellie and her fantasy type uh, image that she wanted to portray as Sandy. Yeah. Because here was the cool thing with Sandy too. Like you meet Sandy and first of all, like she's stunning. She has you know, gorgeous blonde hair. She has this dress that Ellie, you know, starts to make because it's amazing. And she, yeah, she's just so confident. Like she walks in and she's like, I want to sing in this bar. And Jack's like, slow down there, honey. <laughs> yep. And I also just loved, like my favorite part of the whole film was the dance scene. Okay. Where Jack and Sandy are dancing, but it goes in and out between Sandy and Ellie. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason I liked it so much is, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about this as the podcast keeps going. I'm a huge, like, lover of practical effects. I think that over, like, overdone CGI is one of my biggest film pet peeves because I just think it looks bad. <laughs> so I am a sucker for, like, Jurassic Park puppetry, <laughs> building the sets like they did yep. in Lord of the Rings, like, yeah. And so that whole scene was almost done entirely in camera. There were two parts that were like VFX that were done in post. Everything else was just choreographed down to a T, yeah. which I think is just so cool. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, go watch it just for that scene. Like if you just watch that scene, just go to YouTube and I'm sure you could type in like last night in Soho dance scene and watch it because well, all of the film nerds were geeking out about it. But if they if they type in dance scene, it might bring up a couple of the dance scenes that they had in that film because there were a couple really interesting dance scenes in that film. That's true. That's true. So but dance, watch, dance scene with when you Jack. see a character in a pink dress, watch that one. Yeah, dance scene with Jack or something like that. Last night in Soho, yeah. dance scene with Jack. It's like that scene it, when you realize that it was all perfectly choreographed and only two parts were VFX. Like I just ugh. The film nerd in me was just so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, I I thought, like I said before, I thought it was very interesting how they chose to use so many mirrors in this film. Mm -hmm. And I can see why they did it. Um, and they're trying to show kind of your, your reflection as far as the person you are to the person you want to be sort of thing. They're mm. kind of portray that like you are 
you you see somebody else. You don't necessarily see yourself in the mirror, but you see somebody else in the mirror. And it was trying to portray that. That's so cool idea. because that's how it starts. When Ellie first looks in the mirror at home, she sees that's like a theme throughout it. She sees her dead mom right. standing next to her. Mm-hmm. There's a moment later. I know we're skipping ahead a little bit, but now that you brought up mirrors, the moment where so Jack starts to basically tell Ellie, like, look, to be in this business, you have to sleep with all these executives. And then she ends up basically becoming like a, a prostitute. prostitute. Yeah. And she's talking to one guy and he's basically like, you're better than this. And she's like, what if I'm not, you know, and she kind of has this moment and Ellie's watching in like horror, like, no, like you're, you're my hero. And that she's standing on the other side of a mirror. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's interesting that she, when Ellie says that, or when Sandy says that Ellie goes to break through the mirror and grab Sandy. And I think that that's so interesting because that's kind of like, that's when the illusion was literally shattered. Right. Like that's when this, this parallel of who she wanted and who she wanted to see in the mirror was actually broken. Right. And then that's kind of where it went from her watching from a mirror to actually being there in person. Mm hmm. She started you know, living as Sandy. Yeah, all the scenes after that, she was there physically in person. Mm-hmm. Whether she was with Sandy, before, as, uh, either as she was Sandy or was watching Sandy. Yeah, and it seems like before then, she was more of a third-party observer. Mm-hmm. Like She had a couple moments, like I said, in the dance sequence, but for the most part, she seemed to be a third-party observer. And after that, it seemed to be much more like she was inhabiting Sandy's body. Right. Right. Until the murder scene. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. Because the mirror was broken again in the, in the murder scene. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And therefore, yeah. 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 So to catch everyone up to speed, the murder, basically what happens, so she's having all these horrible things. She starts having these nightmares, so she's not sleeping. She's, whereas in the beginning, she was excited to go to bed. Now she's terrified. She doesn't want to sleep because what she's, she starts to like try to do things to not have these dreams. So she stops playing her 60s music and then the, basically the record starts anyway. Um, so she tries to do all these things and nothing's working. She keeps going back to the 60s. Yeah, whereas in, at the beginning she was trying to involve herself into Sandy's world, but it comes a mm-hmm. point to where she gets far enough into it that the world starts to evolve her. Exactly. So, exactly. yeah. So, yeah. So she starts to become like a little bit, cause you, you know, from the start that she's got some mental health problems or a, a, at least a history with mental health, especially in her family. Yeah. Because her mom commits suicide. Right. And you see, obviously she's a little bit unstable cause she sees her dead mom and her right. grandma makes a point to be like, Hey, if it gets too much in your head, like I, I want you to know when, it, when, you can't handle it. Like, which, I want you to know your limits. Which kind of, like, eludes. It doesn't say it outright, but it kind of eludes the fact that her mom was schizophrenic. Right. Um, and that sh- uh, Eloise may also be... May have some... Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, she starts to become unwell. Her grandma starts noticing and, you know, in, in phone calls... Um, She's, you know, not quite right in class. And this guy that you meet at the beginning, what's his name? Um, his name is John. John. Sweet John. When he first, like, wanted to ask her out and she was like, no, I'm going to go to bed and meet up with Jack. I Like, that's when you still think Jack is good. And me, I was watching and I was like, no, you go on a date with the sweet guy. You do not go with scumbag Jack. He is going to be a scumbag. I know it. You go with the sweet little guy in your class. Poor John. So he like obviously has a thing for her. Um, She finally is like, yeah, let's let's go out. So they have, they get some drinks. They have a little bit of a night on the town. You know, they they have a good time and they end up going back to her flat. Yeah, because she doesn't want to sleep. She tells him that she doesn't want to sleep and that he's going to hang out with her. Yeah. So they go back to her flat they start fooling around and then she sees a vision like 
it's there's almost like a mirror on the ceiling or something. There's really not, but she sees something. But she sees a yeah. reflection from the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. So she sees instead of like John and her, she sees Sandy and Jack. Actually, I think she sees it in the mirror to the side first, side. and then she and sees then, it. And then, yeah. 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 So instead of seeing her and John, she sees Sandy and Jack. And she sees Jack, Sandy kind of fighting back, and it looks like Jack's trying to, you know, overwhelm her. And she ends up screaming. And John, like, totally backs off and is like, what's going on? Are you okay? Do you want me to stop? Did I do something wrong? What's wrong? Like, he's being super, like, the perfect gentleman, honestly. And Ellie is basically watches Jack murder, what she believes is Jack murdering Sandy. Right. So, yeah, she sees Jack kill Sandy. The, the lady runs the flat, comes up, um, and basically yells at John and is like, you need to get out, and he gladly does. <laughs> yep. Um, and Ellie is still kind of freaking out, and the landlady looks at her and is basically just like, we'll talk about this tomorrow. Right. And they do, and it ends up being smoothed over pretty easily. Um, Ellie's just like, I'm sorry, like, stuff like that never, like, it won't happen again. And the lady's just like, make sure it doesn't, basically. But Ellie is getting mentally worse. She starts to see what look like half-rotted corpses, just like, around her. Of men, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Half-rotted corpses of men, um... There's this older dude who's like following her and she hears he's not he's not not following her. That's true. He keeps they keep running into each other. She runs into the bar. She runs into him first and he heads over to the bar and she actually ends up following him eventually and finding that he's in the bar and that's and then she gets a job in the bar. Right. And he's one of the customers there and stuff like that. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And then there is one moment where she like comes out and he's standing there and he's like, do I, do I know you? You look familiar. And because she had changed her hair. She to, looks like Sandy. To now. look like Sandy. And so, yeah. And, and she hears, you know, some people are like, yeah, I guess he used to be quite like the lady killer in his day. So you're, you're kind of led to believe that it might be Jack. And so she kind of starts to go on a little bit of a rant, like a insane rampage too, where she's like, what? I kind of saw through that. I'm not going to spoil it. I did too. I'm like, I know who that is because when I saw the younger version of him, I was like, yeah, that's the old guy. For me, I was like, this is too obvious. It's too obvious to be Jack. Um. But basically, she, yeah, she, she thinks he's Jack. Um, and she starts to, like, be like, I need to solve this, this murder that happened in the 60s. So she goes to the cops. The cops are basically like, honey, you crazy. Yeah. Like, no one's believing her, especially because this happened, like, 60 years ago. So she's trying to solve this mystery. She keeps seeing things. She's kind of avoiding John. She's not doing well in her classes. Um... She almost kills her, her old bunkmate. Her, yeah. Yep. Like goes at her with a pair of scissors. Um, Which I thought was great. I'm just like, yes. You did? <laughs> I just hated that bunkmate so much that I was a little bit like, I mean, if she got hurt, that would have been okay. <laughs> yeah. I would have been okay with that whole thing, but that's okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so she's on a rampage. She's starting to become unhinged. So basically, yeah, she uh, starts to get a little nutty in the mm-hmm. library, and she ends up taking off. Um, I don't remember where she goes right after that, but she gets to the point where she actually starts chasing the silver-haired gentleman. Oh, yeah, the older guy. That's right. Mm-hmm. And she starts yelling out Jack. She's like, Jack, Jack, starts yelling his name. And I'm like, that's not Jack. Don't. Yeah, uh-huh. whatever. Um, they go into the bar 
and the the wall and oh, the bar right. workers is like hey you're super late for your shift and and the other lady who runs the bar is like yeah you've got a customer so as she goes down there the silver-haired gentleman's turned on the jukebox and is listening to some music and stuff and she starts recording on her phone to see if he can if she can get him to confess to the murders so that she can mm -hmm. pin the murders on him she gets him a beer and she starts recording and they start having this conversation. She's like, I know what you did, and I know who you are, and yada, yada, yada. And he's like, you've got me mistaken. Like, I'm done with this. So he actually goes out, and yeah. she follows him, and he turns around to – I mean, she's, like, still yelling at him and stuff like that. And he turns mm -hmm. around to respond, and that's where he gets hit by a then car. Then he gets hit by a car. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I distinctly remember him getting hit by a car. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's where you find out that he's the cop or yeah. an ex-cop. Um, and so he was the one who told Sandy, like, to get out. Hey, you're better than this. You need to get out. So he was one of the guys that was going around, kind of breaking up the the, the prostitution, prostitution ring and stuff like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. She gets freaked out. She ends up running uh, back to the home, the flat, her, right? The flat Which I'm like, why are you going back there? <laughs> She goes back there and she's like, I'm just going to grab my stuff and I'm just going to get out of here. She has John mm -hmm. drive her back to that yeah, flat to help her. She mm -hmm. runs inside and the older lady um, lets the her landlady. in and then talks to her for a little bit. She's like, oh, I understand that you need to go and all this stuff. And mm -hmm. then we find out that she tries to poison her and that she's really yeah. sandy and all this stuff, which I already knew. <laughs> I did not piece that <laughs> I was sitting there watching it and I was like, what the hell? Like I was freaking out, dude. Yeah. Probably about a little after she got the apartment, I was like, that's Sandy. She's having like memories of this lady's past life is kind of what I was thinking. Cause she like left the room the same and all this stuff. And I'm just mm -hmm. like, she's having memories of this past life. And then, as it went on, whatever, and then we find out that she is Sandy. I'm just like, yeah, okay, I already kind of knew this. So, <laughs> I was much more intrigued by that than Brett was. I was watching it and I was like, what the crap she said? Like, I was, I was tripping, but well, Brett and apparently wasn't. She wear she wore the hair, her hair kind of the same way and mm -hmm. stuff, and her like rewatching it last night. There were parts that I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I can totally see it now, but watching it the first time, I missed it. Yeah, um, she ends up trying to poison her. She mm -hmm. uh, starts to kind of doze off or whatever. John ends up coming up to the flat and knocking on the door. Uh -huh. Makes his way inside. The Sandy, the old lady, tries Basically to is like, stab he must die too. John, mm -hmm. and. A whole fight ensues. The the apartment catches on fire. I was about to say it somehow catches on fire. Um, Eloise start like, to kind of see visions of the, or you keep seeing the dead dudes that Sandy killed because mm -hmm. basically you end up finding out that Jack didn't kill Sandy in that scene. Sandy killed Jack. Right, and that's kind so of Sandy, what happens is as she yeah. makes her way up to the bedroom, um you find out that it wasn't Sandy who died. It was Jack who died. And that Sandy mm -hmm. not only killed Jack, but killed but went on a spree. like 30 or 40 or 50 other guys. She seemed to kill all of the guys who had like slept with her or assaulted her or had, if they had any interaction with her, had anything to do with her misery in those handful of years, she killed them. Yeah, and she basically, I'm not sure if she'd bury them. Like The yeah. visuals were a little bit unclear, but it seemed as though they were somehow buried and hidden in her house. Yeah. Which I'm like, that's A, a little creepy. Like, more than a little creepy. And probably a little smelly, too. That was my thought. Is I was like, how does it not smell with a bunch of, like, rotting corpses? Yeah. Um, She's up there. She sees like the vision of the guys are there to kind of help her and they want help. Yeah, they're almost like avenge us, I guess. Yeah. And so she ends up 
fighting back a little bit with Sandy, but then Sandy like comes to her sense. I'm really like glossing over this. <laughs> like Sandy yeah. comes back to her then, senses. Like, there's a lot going on at this, but this is like the gist of what's going on. Yeah. Sandy comes to her senses and she's like, yeah, I, I don't want to kill you, but I don't want to go back to jail. And she tries to cut her throat and Eloise like stops her. And so she tells her to go and save John and get out of the house. And Sandy then just sits on the bed and dies in the fire. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then, and here's where I started to have, like. I like speed run that thing, man. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you tore through that. That whole, like, sequence was fine. Like I said, I thought the visuals were a little bit confusing, and I didn't understand entirely where they were going with that. But then, the like, before we go to, like, the last scene, was there anything you wanted to, else to say about that whole um, event? I kind of think once we reach the library, in my opinion, is kind of where the film falls apart. I would agree. Because I, uh, I feel like I was at the edge of my seat up until that part, and I was definitely, like, wowed by the... I was wowed by the twist. But it seems to, yeah, go a little... Yeah, I thought they were doing... It doesn't quite know what it's doing after that. Up to that point... Well, uh, I don't know. I'm mean, oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. So... I think honestly, this film would have been a lot better if it wasn't a horror film. If they would have right. gone forward with this being like this fantasy thriller sort of thing. Yes, the bad stuff happens, the prostitution and all that, and you know, Sandy, you're what you're following Sandy, and as she goes through all these misfortunes and stuff like that, and you know, you have Eloise who's trying to mm -hmm. figure all this stuff out and be a designer and all that. Mm -hmm. I think this film would have been a lot stronger if they would have kept on that path. But once they started introducing like the murder slasher scene, and then all these dead guys coming out and their faces are right. all blurry and all this I stuff like going on, then it started turning really weird and really yeah. convoluted. Because I think the murder mystery thriller aspect of it was really intriguing. And I would have even been fine, yeah, with it with it becoming that murder mystery thriller aspect of it. That was all fine. Yeah. I just felt like, yeah, it started to delve into... And in some ways, I do feel like thriller is just like a subgenre of horror. But it definitely started to get into like horror territory. Slasher territory, yeah. Yeah, where yeah. I was like, um... This is odd because I feel like the murder mystery thriller aspect of it was cool. The horror aspect of it was so different from the rest of the film mm -hmm. that it just was, it was too, it was too much and you got lost in it. And I think the point of it was to show like how unhinged Ellie was and how poorly she was handling all of this. Right. But I just feel like it landed in such a way that because it was so starkly different from the rest of the film, it just felt like really out of place and it felt messy and it felt just, it, 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 it didn't land right, right. Right. And that's kind of what I, what I talked about earlier when I was talking about <clears throat> it having an identity crisis, the movie kind of had a little bit of a disjointed to it where it started out as a really good thriller mm -hmm. and then turned into a really bad horror movie. Yeah. It was almost like I was watching yep. two different movies. Yep. And so that's where I'm kind of really Because it did it did film. a pretty seamless transition from cuz it kind of started as this like dramedy like yeah, fantasy like it started out it didn't start out as a thriller. It, it started, started as a drama. It started as a drama. Yeah, so it yeah. started as a drama, and I feel like it made a really seamless transition from drama to thriller. It did not make a seamless transition from thriller to horror. No, it didn't. And it, I think that's what he, I think he was trying to like raise the stakes of like, okay, let's make this a more intense thriller. And now it's like kind of like this horror thriller thing. And it just, it didn't, yeah, it didn't land. I was really into the thriller aspect of it, and I wasn't into the rest of it. 
Right. And I'm kind of a bit of a fan for the classic like thriller where you don't really have to show the person being completely murdered and their throat slashed and the blood and the gore. It's just it's just a, a good old fashioned murder mystery. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what this had the feelings of. And I like those yes. because those are kind of rare. And well, we talked about that a little bit with Psycho. And I think like, yeah, I'm th- that's the reason I really like Jaws is I like the th- the suspense aspect of it. And I'm like, I, I like the show don't tell. And I like the, yeah, just like the good old fashioned murder mystery. I don't need to see massive amounts of, of blood. You don't need to shock me into, into being scared. Just tell a good enough story that I am scared simply by what's happening. Right. And then when they started trying to do the effects of the guys that really didn't have like a face on them and just all that yeah. stuff, it just started getting really weird and confusing. You're just like, what am I watching? So yeah. And I that, think like, that's kind of where I started that, losing interest. And that's kind of why I skimmed I over that last part is because the last part I was just like, I'm done. I'm done with this film. <laughs> and I think it's really unfortunate because when I started watching it, I remember by the time I got halfway through, I was like, this is good. Why is everyone saying this isn't great? And then it started, yeah, kind of falling apart. And I was like, um, here yeah and the thing is we're doing so well they had a lot of really good clean cinematography through the beginning of the film they had a lot of neat shots with the mirror and you know eloise being on one side and sandy being on the other like a lot of those scenes were just so well done done. and then you go to this really sloppy horror movie yeah at the end where you're just like what What the crap yeah and like I said, I think that I think that what he was trying to do was to show like because a lot of times like directors will do like kind of a shaky cam effect or something when the when the character is not well. And I feel like that's kind of what he was trying to do is like, look, she doesn't understand this is really disjointed and messy because he's trying to put you in her mindset, but it didn't land that way. It didn't land as like, oh, okay, this is what I was going through. It landed as I'm really getting frustrated because I feel like this had, yeah, this was really cool and this was going in the right direction. Now we've just descended into this like really, like, yeah, this really bad horror film. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I wish they had done. So the final scene seems to show like the perfect happy ending with Ellie where she's doing great. John and her seem to be doing well. People who didn't like her now love her. And then she see, she's graduating or something, and she sees her grandma, and she sees her mom, and they, the movie ends. They, they do – that's the fashion show where they're showing right. her Right, yeah, stuff. that's what it is, yeah. Yeah. I wish they would have made everything way more ambiguous with her mental health because I think that would have made a scarier film. Because she's obviously mentally unstable, and I think it would have been cool if it was like, like, because she purposely doesn't turn her, the record on, the record player on that one night. And then it turns right. on by itself. It turns, you, it, from what you see, it seems to turn on by itself. Right. But the thing is, like, crazy people don't know they're crazy. So I'm like, it could have been that she turned it on herself and did not know she was doing that. Yeah, subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I just felt like everything with the schizophrenia and Sandy and like, is she really doing things and just doesn't know because she's, you know, she freaking comes to Jocasta with a, with a pair of scissors. Right. I wish the ending would have been a little bit more ambiguous. Right. Where you're almost kind of like the end of Coraline where you're like, wait a minute, did Sandy win right is she like is is ellie is ellie dead and this is like her fantasy afterlife or is ellie not well and is like in a mental hospital or something and she is dreaming this whole and she's thing dreaming up. this whole scenario and she really just like killed this poor old lady who wasn't sandy at all mm-hmm. and these other people and yeah yeah, she killed these people and she, yeah, and she killed this. I just wish, I wish they would have involved the, and I, maybe they were doing it because they wanted to raise mental health awareness rather than like villainize it. I just think 
psychological thrillers are so fascinating. Mm -hmm. And I wish that they would have tied that in because they made such a point at the beginning that there was history with, with um, like mental health issues. Like you knew that Ellie was mentally unstable. You knew that her mother was, they made such a point of that in the beginning and even throughout the film. And then it seemed like they didn't go anywhere with it. Right. And I wish they would have shown that. And that would have been a little bit more on the forefront because I think that would have been scarier. Right. Right. No, I, and I, I kind of agree as well. And that's kind of what I was talking about earlier when I wish they kind of would have left this alone as a drama or as a thriller mm-hmm. and not much of a slasher. Cause they could have done a, a whole lot more with I it agree. in that aspect and especially addressing the mental illness type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have taken the ending in a totally different direction totally. to really totally. make people just think. And I'm a, I am a fan of leaving a lot of the endings like very open-ended to mm-hmm. where you're, you're I mean, I agree. It, it, it ends, but it also has that kind of a little bit of a opening where it's like, is it really over? Did that really happen or did this happen or did that happen? We talked about that with Coraline. We talked mm-hmm. about how there were so many layers and it all kind of depends on how it ended. Right. Right. And I'm, I'm not saying that should be the case in a lot of movies, but for movies that are like this, um, that are thrillers, but also have a lot to do with your wondering about the person's mental capacity. Mm-hmm. When you have that sort of situation, it's kind of fun to leave like an ending that's a little bit open. So people and I are kind feel of like guessing. they just kind of glossed over it. And I felt like the ending, because it was so perfect, I was like, I don't know if this is real, but the it didn't feel ambiguous. It felt like, nope, this was how it ends. It's it's a perfect happy ending. Tie it in a bow. Here we go. Yeah. And I was like. Come on, man. Like, there was so much you could have done with that. And she suffers zero repercussions for trying to kill not only the one girl in the library, but also for bringing the house down and all that other stuff. Everyone's just like, no, she's good. She's fine. It's okay. And like I said, maybe that was all him trying to make it ambiguous, but to me, it didn't. That's not how it came off. It came off as, okay, well, all this crazy crap happened, but now everything's fine and she gets her perfect happy ending. Good for her. Yeah, she's now a fashion designist. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's that's the issue I had with the ending is I just I felt like it it started and I was so invested and I feel like the first like half of the film is so strong. The yeah. first like two thirds are so strong. No, I agree. and the last like 30, 40 minutes are just a friggin' shiz show. <laughs> no, I I agree. And I am curious to what a lot of the critics. I didn't look up like anything on this movie. It got a sixty-five on Metacritic. Anything sixty and up is in the green, but sixty starts entering dicey periods. So for me, with Metacritic, anything in the nineties, I'm like, I must watch this immediately. Anything eighties, I'm also like, this is anything above an eighty on Metacritic is called like a must-watch. Hmm. Anything in the seventies, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'll still watch it. 60s are where it gets dicey for me. I'm like, I might like it if it's my type of film. It's probably not anything spectacular, but it's still going to be entertaining enough. And then 40s and 50s are like, this isn't very good. Anything under 40s in red where it was just like, this is bad. This is a bad film. (laughs) It got a 65. Hmm. Okay. Which I'm like, basically, I'm like, it was moderately entertaining, but it's not, it's not a strong film. It's, it's good enough that it's still on like the positive side of mediocre, but it's not really good. So anything else you want to go over about this film or should we uh, do the infamous rating of the film? I'm ready. I'm ready for ratings. Uh... All right, well let's let's do let's do ratings. I debated long and hard about what I was going to give this. Because the parts cuz I loved the dance scene and the parts that were good were so good. But the ending just fell apart so completely. 
that I feel like I, because I debated, I was like, should I give it in the 70s, like high 70s, low 70s? I was like, because I really did love what I saw. I still really liked it. I liked a lot of the message, but the, the ending was not strong enough. I feel like I have to give it a 68. That's pretty low for you. That is pretty low for me. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of in that same territory. The thing is, is, is this movie, like a lot of movies that I tear apart, <laughs> I, know, I know a lot of people who listen to this just know that I am one that just is super hard on films and stuff like that. This movie had a lot of potential to it, and it started off very so strong. So much. It started mm -hmm. off very strong and very beautiful as far as like cinematography goes. Like it, it had a lot of potential. And then I rewatched the beginning last night and I was like, I'm probably going to give this like a 76 or a 78. And then it just like slowly got lower and lower. And I was like, Hey, maybe like a 73. And then right before this, I was like, maybe a 70. And then after talking with you, I'm like 68. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, is they, I, th I thought they did a good job with the casting. So oh, yeah. the casting was done so good. very well. Their uh, cinematography was really well done. Um, a lot of the shots that they did and a lot of the artistry behind it was really well done. But once we hit that moment where, where we see Sandy die, I'm doing air quotes here because she doesn't really die, but we see what we mm -hmm. think she dies. Once we hit that moment it really just kind of takes a turn for the worse and just completely mm -hmm. falls apart, um, which is sad. So I'm kind of giving this movie a 65. Okay. I think it could have been, I think it could have been a lot better. I was kind of hoping it could do a lot better. Um, but as it, just, much as it just never I, came back. I think you can have a good film, even if you don't have a good ending, but because this movie set up everything for that ending and then the ending just fell apart i'm like i don't i can't buy because there are films that i've watched that i loved all of it and then the ending i was like i didn't like that i didn't like the way it ended but i still really i'm like no i could still really enjoy this film even if i didn't love the ending this yeah. one it felt like everything was leading to that ending and then because the ending fell apart so spectacularly i just couldn't well that's that's the thing is, it just is didn't hold water when you when you create a film and you stack everything onto the ending like the ending mm -hmm. is like the big thing like the big twist the big whatever mm -hmm. and you just do it so badly it just destroys the entire film because it was like you said yeah. it was leading up to that point but when you have a film that's just telling just a normal story throughout the entirety of the film then you can have certain moments in that story that really carry that film, no matter how it started, no matter how it ended, you can mm -hmm. have certain parts that really can carry that film. But with this film, they stacked everything onto the end to where it's like, guess what? This person's Sandy and that person's not really Jack and you know, whatever. Then it just kind of, it just all fell apart. And it, and the thing is, is like I said before, we were watching. I felt like I was watching two different movies. I felt like I was watching Agreed. one movie that was a thriller, a drama thriller, and then all of a sudden it shifted to a horror movie. And that horror movie I didn't like. That thriller movie I liked. I wish that would have continued, but it didn't. It changed mm -hmm. into this weird, like someone on the couch was flipping the clicker and flipped to a bad horror movie. And I was like, hey, I was watching that. That was good. Yeah. But yeah. Now we're watching this B horror film yeah now i'm watching this terrible horror movie yeah and, and it it kind of felt like <clears throat> i don't know i think i think you kind of hit the nail on the head by saying that they kind of stacked everything up for the ending and then when they did the the grand finale of the ending it wasn't that grand at all yeah yep and that's why i gave it so low is i think that even though i really really enjoyed the whole first act it just the ending seems the the rest of the movie just isn't as good because i know that the ending is not yeah yep anyway <laughs>
So what what is next on our list? What is next on our list? I still don't know because I need to jump. I'm still trying to jump back in the saddle and get the Instagram and the um, Discord kind of kind of hopping again. S- relatively soon, we should have Oscar nominations, mm. and we're gonna we'll have to start looking at at some of those. So I know that it's gonna be. I'm curious to see which animated films kind of. I think Encanto will probably win, which is fine, but uh, or Luca. Whatever Pixar rolled out will win. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, we'll start looking at more of those when we kind of come up on it. But I know there are still some new releases and stuff we want to watch too, so, or we want to talk about too. So, um, Brett, I will let you personally know <laughs> in a DM later. Okay. But yeah, just guys, keep 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 an eye on the Instagram and the discord. Cause I'm still trying to try and jump back in the saddle and get those kind of up and running again. Um, but yeah, go ahead and join those. Like I said, uh, last week as well, follow me on letterboxd. I talk about all kinds of movies from old, old ones to new releases. So I'm always on there as well. Um, but yeah, join the discord. We have some cool conversations on there. And if you want to keep talking about the film, like if you listen to this and you're like, hold up last night in Soho was amazing. Let me tell you why. Like jump on the discord. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Well, um, anything else you want to share or no, talk just, about? Just uh, keep keep listening in. Um, like I said, we'll be doing kind of upcoming Oscar stuff, um, especially on the Instagram. I try to watch as many Oscar-nominated films as I can. So I will be talking a lot in the Discord and on Instagram just kind of about those. We Obviously, because we only do one episode, like one podcast episode a week, we will not be able to talk about all of them like in the time before the Oscars, but I will be talking a lot about them um, on Instagram and in the Discord. So if that's your thing, come come hit me up. Excellent. All right. All righty. Well, we will talk to you guys um, next week. Yes. Same time, same place. Always. All right. See you guys. Bye.